because we know that you are here with us. The scripture says you will be with us till the end of time. Great mighty Holy Spirit of God, you who have been given to us as a testimony, as a testimony of the presence of the Lord Jesus. I know that you are in this place, so we acknowledge your presence in our, in our midst. Lord, as you open our heart to the scriptures, we, we see in Luke 24, the Bible says, as the Lord taught them, afterwards they examined your heart and said, were not our heart burning within us as he opened our understanding to the scriptures. Whenever the word of God comes to you, there is an understanding if once you accept the word. So Father, we pray that scripture says, no one can understand your word unless you enable them. Nobody can come to you unless you enable them. John testified in John 3 that a person can only receive what they have been given from above. This morning, Lord, we ask that you give us understanding as the prayer spoken of God through the Apostle Paul. Said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which is called you heavenward in Christ Jesus, the riches of his glorious inheritance, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The scripture says that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised the Lord Jesus from the dead and seated him far above all rule and authority and power and might and dominion and every name that is invoked not just in this generation but also in the one to come to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations Lord we ask for a spirit of wisdom understanding and knowledge that we may be able to come into the fullness of the revelation of your heart with regards to healing as this morning we have met to study the subject of healing the world Lord will be able to walk in the fullness of the inheritance that you've given us in Christ Jesus that every form of infirmity in our bodies whatever the Satan has plotted concerning our lives concerning our health that by the power of the word by the enlightenment that you give us through the word that will be able to walk in the fullness of the inheritance. For it is written that by his tribes that we are healed. And so Lord, bring us into the fullness of the healing anointed. The fullness of the healing revelation as outlined in scripture. That all of us would have readiness of faith, O oh Lord, to withstand any sickness, to withstand any infirmity, to withstand any orchestration by Satan. To cause sickness or weakness in our bodies. The scripture says, although our body is subject to death because of sin. Not our sin, but the original sin of Adam. But the spirit gives life because of righteousness. By the righteousness of the Lord Jesus. The life, the Bible says, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. And since we are children of the light, therefore we walk in the fullness of this light. We receive that which you have already given us in Christ Jesus. Let the full revelation of your heart be made known to us this morning. That everyone in the sound of my voice will come to the point of faith for healing. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you. And Father, I honor you that you have heard us. That you always do hear us when we call. The scripture said this is the confidence we have in approaching you. John testified that if we ask anything according to your will, that you hear us. That if we know that you hear us, then we know that we have, not going to have, because we have is faith. 
going to have his hope. But the scripture says the just shall live by faith. So Lord of heaven and earth, I thank you that you have heard us. I thank you that you are here with us. I thank you that you have brought us into the light of your revelation concerning healing. That everyone here at the sound of my voice will know that your word is truth. That your word is forever eternal. That there was nothing that was made without your word. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your glory. And Lord, as we have met, I present everyone at the sound of my voice to you. That as your word goes forth, O oh God, Lord, we do not want to be the people who hear the word and forget the word. We do not want to be the people who hear the word and Satan comes to steal the word away. But we want our heart to be the fertile ground for your word. That the word is accepted, the word is believed, that the word dwells in our heart so that we will go forth and bear fruit multiple times. That the glory of Christ is fully revealed in us. I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you are always with us until the end of time. Be glorified in this place, be exalted above all. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen and amen and amen. And so welcome again to this morning's session. Uh, we're still continuing on the subject of faith for healing. Uh, we, we've tackled um, uh, two things uh, so far. We've looked at whether healing is the will of God. And we've also examined um, how healing comes and how we can receive healing for, for ourselves. But in the light of that, um, you know, some of you have not been able to join us or have, you know, had the chance to listen to the recordings. And so I'll summarize what we've, we've discussed so far. And then this morning, we're going to look at the different ways of healing as outlined in scripture. What are the different ways that God healed us according to the word of God? And, and then after we look at that, um, we're going to, if we have time, we will look at how to differentiate because the healing in the old covenant is different. From the new covenant, um, how to differentiate between the healing in the old covenant and the new covenant, and what the the healing in the new covenant looks like, and what the the, the healing in the old covenant looked like, and once we are able to see the difference, then we would have an understanding of how to prepare our hearts to receive healing when uh, sickness befalls us, and then after that we're going to look at examples of healing, examples of healing as outlined in scripture. And also by the testimonies that the Spirit of the Lord has made known to us through the ministration that He's used us to do in the lives of people. And so, uh, in light of, of this, we've, we've already talked about this, but it's, it's, it's good to refresh our memories. That healing is the will of God. Why do we say that healing is the will of God? This is because it is written in Scripture. This is because the Word of God is very clear on it. That healing comes from God. Healing is the will of God for every man. And how do we know this? Isaiah 53, we've examined that scripture. Isaiah 53 says that he was pierced for our transgressions, that he was crushed for our iniquities. Is that and the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. That was the, the prophecy spoken through the prophet Isaiah concerning not just salvation, 
for what Jesus would, would fulfill on the cross of Calvary, but also for healing. And so we see from Isaiah 53 that Jesus did not only die for our sins, but he was pierced so that by the wounds that he sustained, we may receive healing. So that was the prophecy spoken through the prophet Isaiah. But we see that that prophecy, according to scripture, was fulfilled in Matthew 8, the verse 17. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. Matthew 8, the verse 17. Since this is a teaching session, it's important to read it for yourself. So Matthew 8, the verse 17. But I, but I want to read from the verse 14 so that we, we can understand the processes that went through what Jesus did for uh, Matthew to come to the point, that point of revelation. That this was to fulfill the prophecy that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. We see in verse 14. So when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. So when we look at the account of Matthew, Luke, and John, uh, we see that Jesus did not just touch the hand of Peter's mother-in-law, but he also rebuked the fever. So which means fever can hear. And these two, um, these two ways in which or, or, or Jesus touching the hand of Peter's mother-in-law and also rebuking the fever gives us a light into the different forms or avenues of healing. First, we see that a physical touch can elicit the anointing and the power of God for somebody to be healed. This is why scripture says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint the person with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they have committed sins, their sins would be forgiven. Why? Because the laying on of hands releases the anointing of God. Because Jesus, what the account that we read in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, when Jesus went into the temple. When Jesus went into the temple, the, the scripture says that they handed the book of the prophet Isaiah to Jesus. And Jesus read what is now written in the book of uh, what we call the Isaiah 61. That the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to heal the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So this was a prophecy of Isaiah, and a word was fulfilled when Jesus went into the temple. He said, look, this word has been fulfilled to your hearing. After reading that, that, that uh, book of the prophet Isaiah, reading that word from Isaiah, he said, this word is being fulfilled in your hearing. Why? Because Jesus was anointed to heal. And so Peter testified in Acts 10, 38, that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all, not some, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And so here we see two, we see two things. That Jesus did not just touch the hand of Peter's mother-in-law, but he also rebuked the fever. The touching of hands alone, the, the touching the touch of Christ alone would have caused healing 
power, the healing power of God to have manifested in the body of Peter's mother-in-law. Why? Because Jesus was anointed to heal. So that is one avenue that God anoints certain people to heal. And if somebody has been anointed to heal, just a mere touch and prayer would release the anointing power of God from his hand. So scripture says God brought special miracles through the hands of Paul. That even handkerchiefs that touched his body were taken to the sick and the evil spirit left them. And so God has specifically anointed certain people to heal as part of their ministry. Jesus was anointed to heal. The apostle Paul was anointed to heal. And we also see that even in this day, God, the healing power of God is still on certain people to heal. And so a mere touch and the release of the word by faith would cause the healing power of God to transfer from the man of God to anyone who is sick. And if they are able to receive the word, they will be healed. So this is just giving you a light into what we're going to discuss. But we see the light of it here. That Jesus touched her hand and rebuked the fever. So the second part is also the spoken word of God. Releasing the word of faith also causes the healing power of God to transfer to a person. Or rebuking the fever causes the or speaking the word of God causes the power of God to get in to the body of the person and drives out that sickness out of that body. And I have personally seen the light of it in folks that the Spirit of the Lord has led me to minister to and folks that have even come to me to be healed. I would pray with them over the phone and the, the word of God would reach out. The word of God would touch their bodies and the sickness leaves them. And so we see here that Jesus touched Peter's mother-in-law. In the other account, he said he rebuked the fever and the fever left her. And so there's another thing that here that, that I want us to also see. That the fever can hear. These sicknesses, they can hear. But what they do hear is not our words, not our own words. But they hear the word of God. Why? Because we read in Psalm 116, the verse 130. The Bible says, the entrance of the word of God giveth light. And the word we know from John 1 is Christ Jesus himself. Jesus is the living word. And so when you read from Genesis to Revelation, every light or revelation of the word comes or points to Christ Jesus. He is the living word of God. And so we see from Genesis that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know from the revelation spoken through John in John 1 that the world was created through Christ. And so you read John 1, it says, Although the world, the world was created through Christ, yet the world did not recognize him. Why? Why did the world not recognize Christ through whom all things were made? This is because there is darkness over the surface of the earth. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 tells us, that in whom the God of this world, Satan is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of unbelievers, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
So we see that many are not able to recognize what Jesus has already done. Many are not able to come to the light that Jesus is the living word because of the deception of Satan. This is why we preach the gospel. This is why he sent us out to go tell people the good news. And so John 1 verse 12 tells us, said, To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Why? Because until you receive and believe this living word who is Christ, you cannot come to the point of inheriting that which God has freely given to his children. So he said, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So why am I saying all of these things? I am saying all of these things because I want you to understand That healing is the children's bread. Healing is for the children of God. Nobody can come to the point of receiving this inheritance that God has really given to man unless they come to the point of one, knowing that healing is the will of God for everyone. Two, receiving and believing the word as it is written. But that's not the only way God heals people. And we're going to look at the different ways in which God heals. But here we see two things. That God anoints certain people to heal. Then the word of God, the spoken word of God, also releases the healing anointing into the bodies of men, of women, to be healed. And so here, Matthew says that he touched the hand and the fever left her. So the fever left because of the anointing from the physical touch. And she got up and began to wait on him. He said, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirit with a word and healed all the sick. So here we also see that Jesus drove out unclean spirit with a word. What word? The word of Christ. Healing in the new covenant is mandated by the fulfilled word of God. The word is a healer. The word was a healer in the old covenant. But the word in the old covenant was a different form of word. The same word. But it existed in different format. And in the new covenant, the word also exists in a different format. In the old covenant, and I want to throw light on this. And we're going to look at details of, of, of this as we move along. In the Old Covenant, the Word of God for healing existed as a spoken word. God had given the Word to those who were under covenant. That if you do these things, they needed to do, put, uh, act on, uh, in a way in order for them to come to the fullness of healing. But those who were not under the covenant, they, they also needed the same Word to be healed. And as we examine in 2 Kings, we're going to see how Naaman was healed. We're also going to see how King Hezekiah was also healed. The same word. In the Old Covenant, healing existed as the uh, 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 spoken word. The word of God uh, for healing was a spoken word. So this is why they always needed a prophet to speak, give them specific instruction to act on in order for them to receive healing. Because as we have discussed in times past, 
But the word of God, as, as I was given to me by revelation, is this in three formats. Three formats. There is the spoken word of God. There is the specific word of God. And there is the fulfilled word of God. And I, and I want to repeat this. The spoken word of God is God translating the word of God, which translates what God has already established in the spirit into existence or manifestation in the natural. And we see this in Genesis 1. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. So you read through our creation, everything that God did, he first spoke. Why? Because the spoken word translates that which God has established in the spirit into manifestation or existence in the natural. But that is not the only word of God that we see in scripture. Even from Genesis, we also saw that when God spoke his word, that let there be light, and there was light. The Bible says God saw that the light was good. This is in Genesis 1 from the verse 1 to 4. God saw that the light was good, but God went ahead and separated light from darkness. The separation of light from darkness is an action. So God did not just speak his word, he acted on his word. The action on the word of God is what we call the specific word of God. So the specific word of God is the set of instructions and actions required to bring that spoken word into full manifestation. And so we see that after God acted on his word, the scripture says we got day and night. He said he separated light from darkness and there was evening. And it was morning, the first day. What God wanted to create was not just light, but he wanted to create a functional day and night by separating light from darkness. And, so, and he did that by first speaking his word, which brought forth the light. So whenever the word of God is spoken, it brings light. Glory to God. This is why scripture says, the entrance of his word giveth light. When God spoke his word into existence in, in, in this natural, it brought the light. But when the light has come, glory to God, you have to act on the instructions that came by the light of his word. Glory to God. In order for the word which was spoken to come into full manifestation. This is what we also see in Luke 24. The two disciples who were on your way to a village called Emmaus, after the Lord appeared to them, and the Lord taught them the word. You see, initially, they could not see the glory of God because they did not have the right understanding of the word. So they were slow to believe the word of God. And so the glory of the Lord was kept hidden away from them. And because the glory of the Lord was kept hidden away from them, Jesus knew that faith comes only by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Jesus began to teach them the scriptures. Jesus did not comfort them. Jesus did not speak anything except the word of God. So you read Luke 24. The Bible says Jesus began to teach them the scriptures. From Genesis. He said uh, the scriptures. From Moses through all the prophets. This is from Genesis throughout all the prophets. Concerning himself. Why did Jesus have to teach these disciples about Christ? Because the whole scripture is about Christ. Because Jesus is the living word. And until you come to the point of understanding, 
accepting and believing this living word of God, you will not come into the fullness of the inheritance that God has given us through him. So the Bible says Jesus began to teach them. And after Christ had taught them, the Bible says at the table, their eyes were opened and they saw the glory. Why? Because at this point, now they had come to the point of faith. The scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 verse says, without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God as James testified. And so Jesus knew that in order for these people to come to the point of seeing the glory that was right before them, they needed to come to the point of faith, readiness of faith. Because the glory of the Lord can only be seen by faith. And so John 11 verse 40, Jesus told Martha and Mary, that did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. Why? Because the glory of the Lord comes, can only be received or can only be seen by faith. This is why this healing is being treated as a subject under our main topic, which is faith. So that we've started this whole series on faith because the scripture tells us that the just shall live by faith. Everything in Christ Jesus is by faith. So healing, the first point, is the will of, it is the will of God. Two, it comes by faith. You cannot receive healing by faith. And you examine the scriptures. Even the healings of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says in Nazareth, Jesus could do no mighty work in his own hometown. Except lay hands on a few people and get them healed. He could do no mighty work as he did in Galilee or in, in, even in Samaria. Why? Because they did not believe. With unbelief, you can never see the glory of God. And so I believe, and with scriptural evidence, that the reason why a lot of us are not able to see the glory of God, a lot of us are not able to receive healing because we are in unbelief. Because we do not believe the word of God. And that unbelief can be born out of one, the absence of the word of God. You haven't heard the word. Or two, you know the word, but you do not believe the word. Or three, you know the word, but you are slow to believe. Or four, you, you do not have adequate understanding of the word of God. When any of these four is happening in your life, you will not come to the point of readiness of faith. And if you are not, if you are in unbelief, even if the glory of the Lord is right next to you, the spirit of the Lord will keep you from recognizing that glory. And this is what we saw in Luke 24. That Christ Jesus appeared to them. But the Bible says they were kept from recognizing him. But Jesus knew that the only way that these people could see the glory before them was when they had come to the point of faith. And Jesus also knew that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Jesus began to teach them. He didn't pray for them. He began to teach them the word of God. This is why in these sessions on Saturday, we study the word. Because no amount of prayer can cause faith into the heart of a man. The only way that faith comes is by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I have, the Spirit of the Lord has, has brought the light of this, not just what I see in Scripture, the revelation that has been opened to me in Scripture, but I have seen it in real life. That I pray for people, that I, I, I prayed in faith based on the Word of God. And I expected that, that symptom to leave their body. 
But they were in unbelief. And so no amount of prayer that I prayed could cause the sickness to leave. After I prayed, I knew that after this prayer, this person should be healed. The symptoms should leave their body. But the symptoms was, were still there. In the past, if I didn't know this, I would keep on praying. I would waste my time praying for hours. And this person would still not be healed. But by the revelation knowledge, the understanding that I gained from scripture, I knew that the only way that this person can only receive, can receive this healing anointing is by, by faith, by the word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I stopped the prayer and began to teach the person the word. And after I had taught the person the word of God, now their confession changed from hope that God, I hope God heals me, to now I believe that I am healed. Glory to God. And the peace of God manifested in your heart. And they were healed. And that person was healed. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because healing comes by faith. And so we see that the word of God, as we see in Matthew 8, the verse 16, that by the same word, Jesus drove out unclean spirit. Jesus healed all the sick. Which means that if you can only hear the word, believe the word, you will be healed. Why? Why is it that in the old covenant, they didn't just have to hear the word, but they needed to act on the word in order for the word to bring healing to their bodies. But in the new covenant, all you have to do is hear the word, believe the word, and speak the word. And the fullness of the healing power of God will drive out the sickness out of your body. Why? Because in the new covenant, healing is a fulfilled word of God. How do we know? Let's continue to read in Matthew 8, the verse 16. I take the 16 again to continue to read on, uh, the verse 17. Is that when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. The word healed all the sick. The word about Christ. Glory to God. And the verse 7 said, This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. This, Jesus speaking his word to heal the sick was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That he took up our infirmities and bore our disease. So as we examine in Isaiah 53, that by his wounds we are healed. That Jesus took up our infirmities and bore our disease. Matthew is telling us that in the new covenant, this word is a fulfilled word of God. So in the new covenant, healing is a fulfilled word of God. And healing comes by faith as everything else in Christ. Because without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. And because healing comes by faith, therefore, we have to understand that this healing has to be in a certain way. This healing has to manifest in a certain way. How then do we, if we know that healing comes by faith, how then do we receive this healing? That's where we, we, we're going to. But before I get there, if you're still, if you are the sound of my voice 
and still in doubt whether you know a sickness is is in front of you and you're still in doubt whether healing is the will of god this is what we examined last week as well that healing is the will of god because it is written in the scriptures and is also fulfilled word of god and we use this analogy and then the spirit of the lord you know i i, I heard a man of god talk about this saying that the will of men are written and that the word of God is also written as a wheel. But then the spirit of the Lord began to minister to me. And later this morning, earlier this morning, the Holy Spirit brought my understanding to it. That the Apostle Paul also wrote the same thing. As we see, the will of men are written, as we all know, to serve as a testimony to all who read it. So that there would be no doubt. There would be no doubt at all. Why? Because the will is written as a testament. When the, the one who made the will is not there. So that everyone who reads the will or come across the will will know the inheritance that he has for his spouse or his children. And if we are able to accept the written word of men as a testimony to their will for a spouse or children. Then we should be able to accept the written will of God for all God's children which is written in the word of God. And, glory to God, we're going to show you from scripture why this word of God is the will of God. Because many people will say, and, and as I've always I've shared it in times past, that I've heard a, a, a preacher say that somebody was not healed because it was not the will of God. That's total blasphemy. That's not in line with scripture. If you hear anybody say that, reject it. It's not the word of God. They are talking out of their own understanding. Healing is the will of God for everyone. But the question you may have, if healing is the will of God for everyone, why is the person not healed? Because it comes by faith. Because without faith, you cannot come to the point of realizing the will. What you use to execute this will is faith. The same way that you have to execute a will in the natural in order for, for the fullness of that inheritance to be yours. In the same light, you have to execute the will of God in the word in order to come into the fullness of the inheritance in Christ Jesus. And this time, we're talking about healing. And so this will is written to serve as a reference in case there is any doubt or any challenge to the authority of the executor of the will. This is why Jesus said, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask. Why? Because the word of God is the written will of God. And if you have the written will, then you have the right. So this is why scripture says, Yet to all who did receive him, John 1 verse 12, To those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Until you receive and believe that will of God, you will not have the right to execute on that will. Hallelujah. And so this written word of God also serves as a reference in case there is any doubt or any challenge to the authority of the believer. So this is why we're studying the word of God. Because we can only come to know uh, to the point of knowing what the will of God is if we know the written word. And guess what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because the word is what helps us to execute the will. 
And the word is the source of faith. This is what scripture says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God. Because it is the faith that helps you to execute and come into the fullness of the inheritance. And that faith comes from knowing the will. And in the same way, if you look at this in the natural, you can only come to the point of confidence that an inheritance belongs to you when you have the written will. When you have the written will in your hands and you believe the will, then you take action on that will. Then the inheritance will be yours until you know the will. Until you accept that that will is yours. Until you believe that will, you will not take action on it. And in the same way, many have not come to the point of accepting that this word of God, as it is written, is the will of God. And because they have not come to the point of accepting the word as the written will of God, they are not able to accept it or receive it. Therefore, they are not able to come into the fullness of the inheritance. And so in ignorance, people say, that well, I did not get this because it was not the will of God. No, you did not get it because you did not know that it was the will of God. You did not believe. That's what scripture calls unbelief. Unbelief is rejecting the word, the word of God. Unbelief is when you do not know the word and you have not accepted the word of God. You are in unbelief. And no amount of prayer, no amount of chanting, no amount of shouting will bring the healing power of God in your life. You can cry all you want. What I've seen. That people cry, weep and do all of that. God is in the business of fulfilling his word. The Bible says he confirmed his word through signs and wonders that followed the ministry of the apostles. And he, the scripture says in Hebrews 13 verse 8. That he is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. God does not change. He says clearly in Malachi 3. That I do not change. So you descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. God does not change. He is the same he was before even creation. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he will be the same forever. He does not change. So when you believe the word of God, you are sure of what God has freely given you. Because the word is a testament to his will for his children. So anyone who would believe and take action on the written word is acting in accordance with the will of God and then will receive the benefit of the will. This is what John testified in 1 John, his letter to the church. In the epistle of John, he says, this is the confidence, 1 John 5, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You see, when we ask anything according to his will, and we're saying that the written word is his will. So which means we can try to also say that if we ask anything according to what is written, then we know that he hears us. Or we ask anything according to the word of God, then we know that he hears us. Then if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have. You see, he said not going to have, but we have. Why? Because have, faith is present tense. The moment you come to the point of believing the word of God in the spirit, you already have it. 
<laughs> and, and later on, we're, we're going to we're going to uh, examine scripture to come to the point of understanding why these things are written in absolute tense. Why these things are written as if that they are fulfilled. That the scripture says, by his stripes you were healed. You read First Peter two twenty four. He said himself took up our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Fulfilled. Past tense. You read what Isaiah, even this prophecy that was spoken through Isaiah, you see that the tense was still past tense. Why? Because in the spirit is already fulfilled. And this is also very important. So that when we are studying the word, when we are meditating on the word, we have to accept that testimony. We do not have to change that testimony. Whenever you change the language in a will, you change the inheritance. You cannot change the language in a will to, uh, uh, to inherit the fullness of that will. It will be false. You are acting illegally. The same way we cannot change the will of God as it is written. But we have to accept the will as it is written. Until we accept the will as it is written, we will not come into the fullness of alignment with the will to inherit what God has freely given us. And so many say, this is why I have a problem with many saying that God is going to heal me. Because that does not align with the will of God. There's nowhere in the New Testament that it says, God is going to heal you. The scripture says, by his stripes, you were healed. And you have to believe that fact. You have to believe that word in order to be in alignment with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. For scripture says, for they that are led by the Spirit of God... They are the children of God. And so we have to be in alignment with the word of God in order for us to be in faith to receive. Hallelujah. And so as I previously said, if you're able to believe and take action on the written word of God, then you're acting in accordance with the will of God and therefore the inheritance will be yours. But the exciting thing about the will of God that is penned in the scriptures is that this will, you see, in the natural, will is signed by the one who is making the will, and then a the lawyer has to co-sign it, and the court executes on it. And so the court system or the legal system serves as a testimony that this will belongs to the person which it was written for. But in this covenant, glory to God, we have a covenant that is signed and sealed with an eternal blood of Christ. Glory to God. And so this will of God, because there is no one be beyond God, there is none that can be compared to him. In a natural, there is a legal system to serve as a testament. But when the things of God, the things of the spirit, the Bible says God is the father of all spirits. There is none that can be compared to him. So as I says, to whom shall we compare our God to? To whom shall we compare? He said, who? Isaiah 40, he said, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? He said, with whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Says the Holy One. He said, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the stereo host one by one and calls forth each one of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, none of them is missing. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
that we're talking about. There is none that can be compared unto him. And so because there is no one that can be compared unto God, God had to execute. God had to sign and seal his own will for his children by himself. Therefore, there is no authority. There is no powers. There is no man. There is nothing in all creation that can stand against the authority of God when God has freely given his will and signed and sealed the will by himself. And so when they came to Christ and said, who then can be saved? Then Jesus said, what is impossible for man is possible with God. With God, all things are possible. Why? Because there is nothing that is impossible for our God. So the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 4, from verse 17, said that God was able to give life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. This is the God who established this covenant for his children. And because there is none that can be compared to him, he had to send a representative man. He has to send his representative to make a covenant and execute on this will by his own blood. And this is why we talk about the blood of Christ. So the scripture says, we have overcome Satan by the blood of the covenant and the word of our testimony. Glory to God. The word is the written word of God. That word is what serves as a testimony to Satan who is the author of sickness. That there is no authority that can stand against the word of God. So we overcome him by the blood of the covenant and by the word of our testimony because the blood of Christ is a sign and a seal of the covenant God has given to his children, a sign and seal of the inheritance. Hallelujah. And the word, glory to God, the word is the executor. The word is the source of our power and authority as a sign of the inheritance we have in Christ. And this will of God, if you are still doubting, or you're still thinking about what this will of God is, that this will of God is what we see that was prophesied through the prophet Isaiah. That covenant that was to be made with man, the covenant that was coming through Christ is what we saw prophesied through the prophet Isaiah and Isaiah 53. And Matthew confirming a part of it in Matthew 8, verse 17. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He said, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his stripes, we were healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Why? Because this is part of the executed will of God. It is part of the will of God. And Matthew testifies that that will has been fulfilled. Peter also testified in 1 Peter 2.24 that this will has been fulfilled. And so the will which was signed and sealed and executed by Christ serves as a testament for God's children and to all. And so when Christ appeared, if you're still doubting, whether Jesus actually came to do this will. We see in Psalm 40, verse 6 to 8, 
as prophesied by David, and as we see the light of this revelation made known to us through the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 10, the verse 5 to 7. He said, and so when Christ appeared to do the will of the Father, the scripture says, therefore when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. You see, the body that, we, that as I spoke, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and that by his stripes, we are healed. He said, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. <laughs> Glory to God. This word excites me because it is a testament that what Christ came to fulfill was the will of the Father. This is why in John 4, the verse 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his works. This is why on the cross of Calvary, he said, It is finished. Glory to God. Because it was on the cross that the fullness and the, the, fullness and the action on this word was fulfilled. We spoke about the spoken word of God. We spoke about the specific will of God or the specific word of God. That specific word is the set of instructions and actions that you need to act on for the word to come to the point of being fulfilled. When Christ, when Isaiah prophesied about these things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says Jesus acted on the word and therefore on the cross, he was pierced. He was crushed and he bled and out of his stripes, we were healed. Glory to God. So the word was acted on. This is why I said that in the new covenant, healing exists as a fulfilled word of God. When Isaiah spoke these things, Christ had not died. So the word existed as a spoken word. This is why in the old covenant, they needed a prophet to give them a specific set of instructions to act on in order to come to the point of healing. But we see in the new covenant that wherever the apostles went, we see in Acts 3, Peter said, several God I do not have, but what I do have, I give you glory to God. What did he have? He said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, the name that has been given glory to God, because in the name, the fullness of the inheritance, in the name the glory that has been revealed in the name the anointing of the word is released because the bible says oh god gave him a name that is above every name there are the name of jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father because at the mention of the name glory to god the fullness of the inheritance at the mention of the name that which he has fulfilled has to come into effect no demon, no principality, no powers, no rulers can stop the execution and the fulfillment and the manifestation of that which has been fulfilled through Christ. This is the gospel. And so Jesus, being the for why, and the question that I want to throw in some revelation here. Why Jesus, you may ask. Why did Jesus, God could have just said, well, this is my written word. Just take it and use it. Why did Christ have to come? Because Jesus, the Bible says, through him all things were made. And so through him all things were made. And if things that were made were distorted by darkness, then the one who through whom all things were made should be the one to turn things around. Glory to God. So the Bible says he came to restore glory to God, the glory to man. 
He came. So the Bible says God, through Christ, is reconciling all things to himself. And it's also because Christ is the firstborn. A will is given to your child. If, if we are giving will to our children, if we, if we are making a will, we make the will mostly for our children because our children will live in the natural while we're not. And so we, we, we design a will or we prepare a will for our children or for our offspring. So therefore, Christ, the scripture says, being the firstborn of all God created, and since the firstborn is the heir of the inheritance, he needed, the firstborn, needed to execute the will of God on behalf of all the children. Glory to God. If you have children and you give them a will, it is the firstborn that has to execute the will on behalf of all the offspring. Therefore, Christ Jesus executed the will of God on behalf of all the children of God so that we can walk in the light of it by faith. And so when he came, he taught us and gave us understanding and demonstrated how to live in the fullness of that inheritance because he came to execute that will. So John testified and said, we know that we're children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. He said, we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. He said, and we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Glory to God. So God had to let Christ come so that the will will be executed. Why? Because we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And so we see in, in Romans 8, from verse 29 going, the verse 30, he says that for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. Glory to God. The Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ. Glory to God. So because we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, when Christ fulfilled that will, when Christ executed that will, he made that will available to us. But the only way that we can walk in the fullness of that will is to believe that which you already did. This is why on the cross he said, it is finished. But now, the reason why many are not able to come into the fullness of healing, because many are now looking at something they're saying that God is going to do. Meanwhile, the will has already been executed. And that is the unbelief. This is why a lot of people are deceived. And even now I'm seeing that even in my own life, the spirit of the Lord is changing the way I pray. You see, we've been so accustomed to uh, praying the way that that religious way that the church has taught us. But prayer has to be in faith. And so now I used to pray, God, give me these things. God, do this. And it's not bad to ask. The scriptures clearly said, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you will find. But after you have prayed that prayer, your confession should be, Father, I thank you for what you have done for me. I thank you for what you have given me. Why? Because scripture says, in Mark 11, verse 24, he said, therefore I tell you, whatever you shall ask for in prayer, 
believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. So until you believe you have it, it will never show up. This is what is a lot of us are missing. Some of us know that it is the will of God, but we do not know how to bring that will, how to walk in the light of that executed will of God. And what we see is that you can only walk in the light of this executed will of God by faith. And the reason why we are able to walk in the light of that will because we are the children of God. Because we've been born of God. Hallelujah. And because we've been born of God, this word has been given to us as a source of faith for us to know that which he has freely given us. Because the word is the written, uh, the word is the will of God. And that will of God for this subject that we're talking about, healing is part of his will. Hallelujah. And so this is what we see in 1 John 5, verse 19 and 20 that I just read. That we're children of God. And that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. But we're not of this world. We said we know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. What understanding? The Christ come to give us. An understanding of the fullness of the inheritance and how to walk in the fullness of that will. How to walk in it. Because we are in Him. And He is in us. And so He says in John 8. The verse 30 to 32, the Bible says, as he spoke, many believed. He said to the, those who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And John 17, verse 17, Jesus praying for all believers. He said, Father, truly for them, I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So the truth here is the word of God. So Jesus said that once you're able to believe, come to understand and accept this written word of God, you will come into the truth of that inheritance and you will be set free. And that includes healing. Once we're able to come into the fullness of the truth regarding healing as it is written, you will be set free from all sickness. You'll be set free from all bondage of darkness. No infirmity can stay in your body because you have the written will of God signed and sealed by the blood of the covenant and by the word of our testimony. And that written word is the word of our testimony. It testifies to what Christ has freely given us in him hallelujah and so the apostle paul also writing to the church in romans 8 he said the spirit himself testified with, with our spirit if you're still doubting that this is for the for the children of god he said the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're god's children now if we're children now if we're children then we are heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Hallelujah. We share in the sufferings of Christ so that we may also share in his glory. But we did not suffer. He suffered for us. And, and, and hang on. Very soon we're going to see how Christ suffered for us. And he said, In order that we may also share in his glory. 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers and sisters, as I recited earlier on. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. So there is nothing that can separate you once you have become a child of God. There's nothing that can separate you from that love of God. You are justified in Christ Jesus and glorified in him. And so we see in Matthew 8, verse 1 to 17, that we see that Jesus came to fulfill this will by healing many, as we read, by the word. And if he came to do the Father's will, and when he came, he healed many, then we know that healing is part of the Father's will because healing was part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. This is why he told the disciples, he told all of us, Go out and proclaim the good news. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. All these are part of the gospel. And so there are people that are preaching part of the gospel. They are not preaching the full gospel. Because the full gospel also brings healing. It's not just salvation, but also healing. Because the same way salvation is the fulfilled word of God, Healing is also the fulfilled word of God because both were fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And Jesus said, it is finished. And I have a, a, a testimony and I believe that the Spirit of the Lord leads us into some of these manifestations of his word in the natural so that it will serve as a testimony if people still doubt the word of God. And I'll share this example and I'll share it again. If you haven't heard it, that, 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 that I know a person that... that, that Gave their life to Christ. Somebody led them to accept, to, to the point of salvation. They accepted the word of God and the love of God was spring forth in your heart. But when they came to salvation, they also had an infirmity in their body. They had a sickness in their body. But the people, I don't know whether the, the, the people who led her to salvation did not tell her about that, that the fact that healing was also fulfilled on the cross of Calvary or... They knew that she had it and didn't do anything about it because they didn't know that it was the will of God. I don't know that. But what I do know is that when I heard this person's testimony that she has given her life to Christ and has now come into the fullness of the inheritance. And as I spoke to the person, the person was full of joy. And I was like, whoa, I'm glad. How do you feel now? And she said, well, although that I have joy in my heart, I have peace. My life has been transformed by this being, by this born again, by, by receiving the spirit of Christ in my heart. But I still have something. I still have this chronic condition in my body. And when I heard that, I was furious initially, but I was also excited within because I knew that she can receive healing because it is also the will of God. The same way salvation came is the same way healing comes. And so I said, the people who led you to salvation, they didn't tell you that healing is also the fulfilled word of God. And that if they knew, they should have led you to the point of receiving the healing, which was part of the inheritance. It's part of the inheritance. So how do we know this? Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Talking about salvation. He was crushed for our iniquities. And he said, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And on top of it, by his wounds, we are healed. So we see that the same revelation or the same word that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah spoke about salvation and also spoke about healing. And so I said to this person, oh, don't worry. 
you are a child of God. You are in Christ Jesus. And in Christ Jesus, all things, the scripture says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so now, you are going to be set free. You see, you're already healed. Right now, that infirmity in your body, that sickness has to leave also. Why? Because it is the will of God for you. You're a child of God. So I led her to it. And I prayed with her according to the word of God. And instantly, the infirmity left her body. Three days later, she, she, she texted me and said, I'm still healed. And I said, well, I'm not surprised. This is part of the inheritance. This is why we're talking about this. The scripture says we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. No man can come to the point of coming into the fullness of the healing power of God unless they have come to the point of receiving, hearing the word because healing comes by faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This lady, although was saved, was still sick in her body. Why? Because she didn't know the word about healing. This is why we're studying the subject. So people think that automatically when you receive Christ, when you receive salvation, the healing should automatically manifest. No, no, no. It doesn't manifest that way. There is a word for every situation. There was a word when God was creating things here on earth. There was a word that brought light. There was a word that created man. Every word is indicated for a specific manifestation or a specific fulfillment in the natural. And until you come into the light of that specific word of God, you cannot walk in the light of that inheritance. And so I had to teach her the word. I had to tell her that the word for healing is also for her. And when she accepted and believed the word, when I prayed based on the word of God, the healing power of God, glory to God, just as the scripture says that Jesus spoke a word to drive out unclean spirit and heal all that were sick. I spoke that same word of Christ, glory to God, that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you because it is written that by his stripes that we are healed instantly. The sickness left her body. Something she had been battling for years left instantly at the word of God. Why? Because the word is the will of God and the word is the source of faith. The scripture says, the entrance of the word of God giveth light. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so we see the light of it as we have read in, in, in Matthew 8. Peter, the, the, the scriptures in the New Testament is filled with this. Peter also testified in Acts 10 38 that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. That is the will of God that every person is healed because of the covenant fulfilled through Christ. Our God is such a merciful Father that He's, he's made provision in His Word for healing for all those who would believe. For everyone who would believe. It comes to the point of faith. So it all comes to knowing, accepting and believing the Word of God for healing, which is His will for His children. And so, if we are able to accept human testimony, about the written will that they give to their, to their offspring or to their, uh, to their children, then it, so, it should be so easy for us to accept 
the word of God as the written will of God for his children. For his children. But why aren't we able to come to this point of accepting the word of God as the will of God for his children? Because Satan, Satan doesn't want us to know. So the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 1 verse for that, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan is trying not for us to accept it because he knows that once you accept and believe this word, that sickness can't stay in your body. It has to leave. But he is throwing this form of darkness onto the minds and the hearts of people so that they will not accept this word. So that they will live in misery and say that God has done that. But God, we see from creation that God did not create darkness. You read Genesis 1. Now people ask, why did God allow this in my body? God did not allow, God may have allowed it, but the darkness is still here. God did not cause those things, those sickness in your body. It is the darkness which is already on the surface of the earth that is causing these things. Because of the original sin of Adam, we fell into darkness. There was darkness already existent on the surface of the earth. God did not create darkness. How do we know this? Read Genesis 1. Genesis 1 said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, Now, the earth was formless. It was empty. And there was darkness over the surface of the deep. You see, before God created the, the, the earth, there was darkness already over the surface of the earth. Where did this darkness come from? And this is what the Spirit of the Lord began to open my eyes to. You remember what the word was spoke, spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That war inhabitants of the earth, that, that great serpent has fallen into the earth. We see the light of it in Revelation. The revelation that was spoken through, the, through Apostle John. He says, Satan was cast down from heaven onto the earth. This is before creation. And so Satan, what the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to is this. When Satan was cast out, he came to the earth as the shadow of darkness. This is why some talks about, although we walk through the land of the shadow of death, glory to God. The shadow of death, that, that, that darkness is the shadow of death. Darkness was already over the surface of the earth. This is why when God said, it, but, but, but there's something here. There, although the, the darkness was over the surface of the earth, the Spirit of the Lord was still hovering over the surface of the waters. So Satan is not able to hover over the surface of the earth. Satan only comes to a place where it's empty, formless. When the place is empty, any place that hasn't host the Spirit of God, Satan can hover over that place. So this is why the scripture says, the earth was formless, it was empty, and there was darkness over the surface of the deep. There was darkness over the surface of the deep because the earth was empty and formless. This is why the scripture says we should not quench the spirit. Because the moment the spirit of Christ leaves you, your life will become empty. Then it will be formless. Then that would invite Satan into your life. And when he comes, he brings darkness because he is the prince of darkness. 
And so the scripture says the darkness is passing away and the true light of God is shining. This is why when God was creating things, he said, let there be light. The first thing that God introduced to the earth was light. Why? Because the light drives out darkness. Glory to God. And that light was Christ. When God spoke, he ushered his firstborn into the earth. The word of God that said, let there be light, ushered Christ into the earth. And the Bible says, out of that light, everything else was created. So we were created in the light. There was nothing here on earth that was created in darkness. But the darkness befell men, glory to God, when Adam sinned. When Adam sinned, he moved away from the glory of that light and the darkness overshadowed him. Because the darkness was already there. This is why Satan was able to come as a serpent and deceive Eve, deceive Adam as well. Satan was able to deceive them because he was already here. The darkness was here. But what we do see from Genesis 1, the Bible says, God separated light from darkness. Why did God have to separate light from darkness? He had to separate it because there was darkness already here. And because he created man out of light, glory to God, and everything out of light, he separated the light from the darkness, glory to God. But when man approached darkness and believed darkness, allowed darkness into his life, the darkness came and overshadowed. Why? Because when man disobeyed God, man left that glorified life, left that life that was fulfilled by the Spirit of God into an empty and formless life. And Satan can only dwell where there is emptiness and formlessness. And that formlessness, emptiness comes from the absence of the Word of God, the absence of the presence of God. This is why there is a lot of calamities going on in the world. We see the wickedness in the world because the world does not know God. They do not know God. They do not believe in the word of God. There's emptiness. That's what scripture calls spiritual death. That's what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. That death is spiritual death. That you are being moved away from the life of God. When you move away from the life of God, you are moving into a formless and an empty life. And when your life is formless and empty, the darkness can fill it out. This is why Jesus said, when you drive out an unclean spirit out of a man, it goes about in arid places. Arid places, you look at other translations, waterless places. Why? Because the Spirit of God always hovers over the surface of the water. So they do not dwell. Where they, so they go into arid places, dry places. And if they can't find any place to settle, they come back to where it was driven out. Empty. The, Satan only feels empty, formless places. And the light of it is seen in, in Genesis. <laughs> And so God separated light from the darkness. God did not create a darkness. But man allowed that darkness in. And man allowed that darkness in. And God, by his mercy, by the light, ushered Christ to restore that glory. And so this healing that we're talking about is something, a restoration. God did not create us to, to get sick. But it is the darkness. So the scripture says, although your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. Why? Because the spirit, when the spirit of God comes, every darkness is passing away. Every darkness has to leave. This is what 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says. Oh, uh, wherever the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty. Because when the presence of God, when the spirit of the Lord comes to dwell in you, every sin of darkness has to leave. Glory to God. And so if we are able 
to accept this testimony of men that they have for their children, then this is the testimony about God. This is the gospel. That Christ Jesus died for us, suffered that we may come into the fullness of his healing that he has provided for us. And so we see that John said in John 1, John 5, verse 9 to 12 that, we, we, that I mentioned, that we're able to accept human testimony. But God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony God of God which he has given about his son, the firstborn. And the Spirit testifies to this testimony. So whoever believes in the Son of God accept this testimony. So ideally, whoever believes in Christ should be able to accept this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. And so those out there saying that healing is not the will of God, they're making God to be a liar. He said, whoever believes in the Son of God accept this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And I believe these people, they are not saying it because they know it and they are intentionally doing it. It's out of ignorance. They have been deceived out of ignorance. So they said, it's not the will of God. They are making God to be a liar. And he said, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. The eternal life came by Christ Jesus through the finished work on the cross. We know that the, this eternal life came by Christ Jesus through the finished work on the cross. And we know that healing was also fulfilled and paid for on the cross. So that, so that means it's God's will for everyone to be healed. From any form of sickness or oppression of Satan. Through the finished work on the cross of Calvary by Christ Jesus. But the question is, why, not, why aren't people healed? And I'll ask the same question. Why aren't people saved? How can people be saved? How can people come to the point of salvation? They have to hear the word. There are people that hear the word. But because they do not believe the word, they are not saved. Is the same way when it comes to healing. Because both were fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. You have to hear the word. Accept the word and believe the word. This is what we see in Romans 10. Open there quickly. In the light of what we're reading. I, I, I want to, you know, I want you to see Romans 10. Here the apostle Paul is talking about faith. And he's using, he's uses, he uses righteousness as an example of this faith. Let's see what, what the, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to the Apostle Paul regarding faith. He said, but the righteousness that is by faith. Then he comes to the verse 8. What does he say? What does this righteousness by faith, what does he say? He said, the word is near you. The word of God is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. He said, the message concerning faith that we proclaim is this. That the word of God is near you. It is not just in your heart, but it's also in your mouth. This is what I was telling you about the spoken word of God. Until you believe the word and until you speak the word, you do not translate what God has established in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. A lot of us have a heart full of faith. But what we speak is different from the word of God. So therefore, our heart is full of faith. But we do not see the manifestation of that word in our life. Because our confession is different. 
until your confession aligns with the word of God, you will not see the manifestation of the word in your life. You can shout all you want. You can cry all you want. And a lot of Christians. And, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, the, the Bible says we should weep with those who are weeping. We should, we should mourn with those who mourn. But sometimes, when, when you come into the light of the word of God, and you know what God has freely given them and people are weeping. And, and sometimes you want to just give them the word of God. But people are hard. They have a hardened heart. Hardened heart to, be, to receive the word. But I know that the word will set them free. I know that the word of God works. Because I have seen it being manifested in the lives, not just myself, but in the lives of people. But people do not believe this word. They take the word of God for granted. And so they are not able to come to see the glory of God. And when they do not see the glory, it leads to memory. The Bible says, the Bible says, God said, God spoke on oath in his anger that they shall never enter his rest. Why? Because of unbelief. He said, because their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. You read the book of Hebrews. This is what the Israelites had to encounter. This is what they did. They did. They heard the word of God. But the Bible says the word was of no use to them because they did not mix it with faith. They did not have faith of those who spoke the word. Therefore, they did not see the benefit of the word. This is why a lot of Christians are still sick. Because although they hear the word about healing, they do not believe the word. And so the word, they do not have faith to be healed. And if they are not healed and they die, people say, well, it was the will of God. No, it was not the will of God. The Bible says... For lack of knowledge, my people perish. And so the apostle Peter writing to the church in 2 Peter 1 verse 3. He said, God's divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. But he said, how do you then take advantage of this? He said, through our knowledge of him. This is what scripture says. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 10. But knowledge of the Holy One, that is understanding. Until you come to the point of understanding the word through knowledge, you cannot come to the point of faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the Apostle Paul demonstrating here that in order for you to come to the point of faith, one, the word should be in you, in your heart and in your mouth. Let's see. He said the word is near you. It is in your heart and in your, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. That if you declare, you see, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. This is why when we gave our life to Christ, whoever led us, he said, say it after me. Why? Because until you speak, you might have heard a word about salvation. But until you make that confession, you do not translate that which God has already established in the spirit into manifestation in your life. The same way with regards to healing. Until you believe the word, until you confess or profess the word, you do not translate the healing power of God that has been fulfilled through Christ into manifestation in your life. This is why we're teaching this subject. That we will come to the point of understanding that faith is not just, it's not enough to just have a 
heart full of faith, but your speaking, your confession should align with that word of faith. Glory to God. And when you speak, you translate that which God has established in the spirit into manifestation in your life. This is why we don't speak sickness. You hardly hear me say, I am sick. No, I'm not sick. The sickness may touch my body, which is a fact of life. The sickness may touch my body, but the moment it touches it, I execute glory to God. By faith, I will speak the word because Satan, the Bible says we have an adversary who is the devil. He said he rolls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. So when Satan brings the sickness in our body, we accept the testimony of Satan over the testimony of God. No, I refuse to accept the testimony of Satan. The sickness may be existent in the natural, but the word of God says by his stripes that I am healed. Therefore, I command you sickness to leave this body because that is my inheritance. The world would accept that testimony. Fine. That's, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, they do not know the word of God and I do not judge anyone. But I refuse to accept the testimony of what I see in the natural when it does not align with the word of God. Anything that does not align with the word of God, reject it. You have every right as a believer to reject it. No matter even if a man of God is telling you. Once the scripture says you are healed, profess that word. But some of us, we see the word, but we do not profess it. And this is what I was talking about, how to demonstrate faith. You release that faith through action. And the word what we're talking about, that the healing, healing is already a fulfilled word of God. And by the revelation given me through the spirit, when the word is already being fulfilled, all you need is faith and proclamation. And that is what the apostle Paul is talking here. Because here, he's using salvation as an example. And salvation is also the fulfilled word of God. So you see here, the apostle Paul did not say that, oh, you believe the word and now go do something. Go give money to the poor or do this in order to receive salvation. So no. The word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. That if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But you have to declare it. He said, for it is, the verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. So the moment you believe the word of God concerning healing, now you have readiness of faith. And that readiness of faith, what we discussed last week, is that it manifests by peace. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And very soon I'll come to that point. I'll come to that point. It's also seen in Isaiah 53. Isaiah gave us the spirit of the Lord, spoke through the prophet Isaiah, and gave us the light of the revelation concerning healing and the step-by-step process. How we may obtain this healing by faith. He said, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So you can have a heart full of faith. And there are people that are Christians. They have the spirit of Christ in them. They're waiting for a man of God to pray for them. One is good. God has anointed certain people to heal. And I can join my faith with you to pray for you. And so that the Bible says when, when two of us meet, oh God, the anointing is stronger than one person. So I can join my faith with you. But when I join my faith with you, we are making the proclamation together. So that what God has really done in your life, what God has really given you in Christ, Jesus may be translated out of the spirit into manifestation in your life. Because what Christ fulfilled is a spiritual fulfillment. 
It's not a natural fulfillment. If it was natural, all of us will be healed. We, would, we, don't, we wouldn't have to do anything. The healing, how, we would just be walking in healing like that. That, would be, that is the perfect will of God for us. But because we have an adversary. Therefore, when these sickness come, what we need is to remember our inheritance. Go back to it. And say, well, sickness, you Satan. You're always trying to move me away from my inheritance. But I refuse. Then what do you do then? The Bible does not tell us to cry. What scripture says is that stand your ground. Ephesians says, put on the full armor of God. So that you may be able to stand your ground on a day of adversity. Is that after you've done everything to stand, stand. Why? Because in some battles, you're going to have to stand with the word of God. What does the apostle Paul write, write into the church tell us to stand with? He says, stand with the belt of truth. And we know that truth is the word of God. John 17, verse 17. Jesus said, that father truly for them I sanctify myself. that father sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So the word be, being written to us is that stand with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet. With the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Why? Because that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Read the next verse. He said, Now take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming hours of Satan. Not some of the flaming hours. All. So that flaming hour may be sickness. But because you have faith based on the word of God, buckled around your waist, the word of God in your heart. Because as he said, For it is with your heart. That you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And the verse 11, I love the verse 11 also. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Are you facing any situation in the natural? Are you facing any sickness in your body? That all the, sick, all the things that doctors have said, said no, this is not possible. But I want you to stand on the word. Believe the word and speak as the word of God says. But the, what I've also seen is that sometimes when we speak, we speak the word, but then we look in the natural and the thing is still the same. But the Bible says continue to stand. Continue to stand. It is not your responsibility to look at when it would come. It is your response. Our only responsibility is to believe that we have it. He said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you shall ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. But one thing we do know that we should look out for is that after we have spoken the word, that word should manifest in our heart by peace. After we have believed the word of God, we should have peace. That peace is a sign of readiness of faith. So regarding healing, as I prophesy, if you're wondering whether this same faith that the, the peace is a sign of readiness of faith also applies to healing. It applies to everything that, that concerns faith. Let's look at healing. Hazar prophesied in Hazar 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Said, and the punishment that brought us peace, glory to God. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And on top of that peace, once you have that readiness of faith that manifests by peace, he said, and by his stripes, we are healed. So peace is a sign of readiness of faith for healing, readiness of faith for everything. 
We see Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Peace is also a sign of readiness of faith to receive anything from God. We see in Ephesians says, healing and peace is a sign of readiness of faith to destroying the works of Satan. Destroying the works of Satan also manifests by peace. When the word of God has come to you, it manifests by peace. And so scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. I'm yet to see anyone who has truly believed in God being put to shame. It, it can't happen. It cannot happen. The God who created all things, the, the Father of all spirit, by his powerful word, the scripture says, sustaining all things by the word of his power. So this, he used salvation as an example. But what he was talking about is faith. The word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth. This is why the scripture tells us to watch what we say. And, and I have personally experienced this. I used to battle this, this constant headache. And, and, and I, at that point, I, I didn't really know the word. I mean, I thought I had faith. But then I had not come into the fullness of the revelation of the word of God. And so I will pray that by his strength that I'm healed and a sentence will leave. And then in the same light, talking to people, talking to a friend. Now I say, well, you know, because of my medical background, I'll say, well, I have this this is what is manifesting in my body. And so, I was negating what God has freely done for me. And then the thing will come back. And so, it kept going back and forth like that. Until I came to the light of the revelation. That I have to speak in alignment with the word of God. By faith. Because the scripture says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. And I say, until you speak the word of God, as it is written, you will not see the manifestation of faith. This is what we're teaching this. That although what you're seeing in the natural may be different from what the word of God is saying, continue to speak the word. And as you speak the word of God in faith, but first you have to believe the word. It's not just speaking the word of God when you're not convinced in your heart. Because the scripture says, for it is with your heart that you believe. You have to first believe it. You have to first believe that will of God, that written word of God, just as it is written. The scripture says, by his stripes, we are healed. It does not say that by his stripes, we are going to be healed. That's the problem. Going to be healed is hope. We are healed is faith. Faith is present tense. Hope is futuristic. And so a lot of us too are deceived because we're hanging on to hope. He said, but I believe that God was going to heal me and the healing didn't come. Because you are in hope. There's no way in scripture that the scripture says we should live by hope. Even in the old covenant in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2 verse 4. He said the righteous or the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. A lot of us, what we see in the natural is what detects what we believe. That's unbelief. And, you, and people will tell you, but I'm just speaking what I see. Yes, you're speaking what you see in the natural, but we do not live according to the natural. The Bible says we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So until you live by faith, you will not see the fullness of the glory of God. 
It is by faith. When Peter healed the layman at the temple gate called Beautiful, and all the people gathered around him, you know what Peter's testimony was? He said, it is not by my own righteousness or godliness that this man whom you know was lame is now walking. He said, it is by faith that came through the name of Jesus. When Peter told the layman to get up and walk, the man was still lame, lying on the ground. Then Peter held him up. Then the man's limbs, the Bible says, was strengthened because that faith without works is that faith is made complete in action. But when we're talking about healing, because it is the will of God, because it is the fulfilled word of God, all you need is know the word, believe the word in your heart, and speak the word. The moment you do that, glory to God. The Bible says you should have evidence of peace. The moment you believe the word of God, the word will manifest as peace in your heart. And how does this peace look like? That peace is a conviction in your heart. Although the symptoms are in your body, but you're not bothered by it. Although that condition is frustrated. Although what is going on in your life is frustrated. But the moment the word of God comes, glory to God, it manifests by peace. Already you have a comfort. This is why the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Why? Because he testifies to the word. He confirms the word of Christ. Glory to God. So the moment you believe the word, the spirit of the Lord manifests the word as peace in your heart. Once you have that peace born out of the word of God, the Bible says, now you have readiness of faith to receive. And so now that you have faith to be healed, now begin to speak in the name of Jesus. Rebuild that sickness. In the name of Jesus, rebuild that condition. And the moment you speak that word, you begin to see that the symptoms will begin to subside. Glory to God. And when the symptoms subside, don't stop. Rebuke it until every symptom ceases. And once it ceases, you give glory to God. And later on, we're going to look at the step-by-step process. Step-by-step process, how to walk in the light of it. But this morning, it's been a blend of summarizing that the healing is the will of God and also how to receive this healing, how to walk in the light of it. But I want to end with this. I want to end with that, that will of God that, that there, was, there was a light of the word that the Spirit of the Lord gave me just this morning that I, that I want to also make known to you. That the eternal life we see, as I, I mentioned earlier, that Christ Jesus came and gave us eternal life. But this eternal life was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And because Jesus paid the price for this on the cross, we also see that what was spoken through that prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53, that healing was also part of it. And so the same word as was spoken by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53, the same word that brought salvation is the same word that brought healing. And both fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. As we see in Matthew 8, 17, said this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, that himself, Jesus of Nazareth, took up our infirmities and bore our disease. So we also see that Jesus had to shed his blood. And this is, this is the point that I wanted to give you before we end this session. We also see that Jesus had to shed his blood and die and resurrect in order for the fullness of the will to be made available to the children of God. That is those who have believed in Christ Jesus and have received the deposit of the Spirit. Why? Because the fullness of a will 
This is the point. The fullness of a will cannot be inherited unless the one who made the will is dead. You cannot inherit an inheritance from your family or from your parents when they're still alive. The will was done so that when they're gone, you would inherit it. In the same light, the scriptures testifies with this word. In Hebrews 9 verse 16 to 18, the apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to the church, he said, in the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it. Because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is still living. This is why even the first covenant was put was not put into effect without blood. Something had to die. This is why Christ Jesus had to die so that by his resurrection, the fullness of the will may be inherited by those who believe. This is why also Jesus died. That we will come into the fullness of the will because we cannot inherit the will. There is no death. So the Bible says, the revelation continues, that we see Christ Jesus did not just die, but he resurrected so that the spirit, because the resurrection of Christ brings the spirit of Christ. Glory to God. The resurrection brings the spirit of Christ. So Christ Jesus died so that by his resurrection, the spirit will be given to us as a testimony. Testimony. The spirit testifies to the inheritance in him. Because an inheritance requires a legal testimony in the natural. In the spirit, it requires a legal testimony as well. And so scripture says in 1 John 5, the verse 6 to 8, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And I take a little side, side, side track here to explain this. He said, and it is the spirit who bears witness. You see, the spirit testifies to the inheritance. Because the spirit is the truth. So in the natural, the court system serves as the truth to that inheritance of that will. But in the spirit, the spirit of Christ serves as a witness. So the scripture says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. For there are three, continue the scripture, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. So the testimony that we have about the inheritance in Christ Jesus, we do not just have witnesses here on earth, but we also have witnesses in heaven. For scripture says, the same First John 5, the verse 6 to 8, is that for there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, God himself, bears witness to this word that we're speaking to you. The Father, the word, glory to God, who is Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three bear witness in heaven. And they are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth. So in the natural, here on earth, there are three that bear witness. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these agree as one. So we have, so the word that we're speaking, this healing that we're talking about, we do not just have a witness here on earth, but we also have a witness in heaven. The Father himself, his living word, and his Holy Spirit testify in heaven. Glory to God. And they also give us a witness here on earth. Is that the Spirit, the water, and the blood testify. Why? And I want to take a sidetrack to explain what the Spirit, the water, and the blood mean. 
The Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The water here, the water in other uh, in other scripture, it, it uses water as a type of the Spirit. So water is either used as a type of the Spirit or as a sign of repentance. So when John the Baptist was preaching in John, the book of John, he said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes judgment. After me comes the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, but we also see the light of the revelation that was speaking through John, spoken through John in John 2. That Jesus said, when Jesus went to the wedding, there was a revelation there at the wedding too. The Bible says when the wine was gone, Jesus said, Jesus saw six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, standing alone, rejected stone, cornerstone. Then Jesus said, fill the jars with water. That the revelation that came to me is this. That filling of the just with water is a type of the spirit. That so that revelation was Jesus opening the eyes of the disciples and all of us. That after his death and resurrection, glory to God, there is a glory that will be revealed in us. And so you read on, the Bible says, this was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. That water there was a type. Of the spirit and it is out of the spirit that water can also represent that that uh, repentance because out of that water he said fetch some of the water and take it to the master of the banquet and the ba- master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine what was this wine that wine was the new covenant that water was the message of repentance glory to god because john said i baptize you with water for repentance this is why the gospel that we preach is a gospel of repentance that many so the water here signifies repentance Repentance, oh glory to God. Repentance that leads to the forgiveness of sins through the blood that was shed on Calvary. And so on earth, we see that the Holy Spirit testifies to the word of God. This is why in John 14, you read John 14, John 15, John 16, Jesus teaching us about the Holy Spirit. He said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will testify about me. He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, about righteousness and about judgment. He said about judgment because now the prince of this world stands condemned. Why? Because the spirit of God bears witness here on earth and also in heaven. And so the water, the spirit testifies to the word. And the water is a sign of repentance, as is used here. In other usage, as I mentioned, it represents a type of the spirit. So here, it is a sign of repentance because it is by repentance that we receive the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. So you see here, he says that it is the spirit, the water, and the blood that testify here on earth. Why? Because the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, everybody saw that Christ was crucified and he bled. Believers, including unbelievers, they all saw it. Because in the natural, the blood that was shed was shed so that there will be forgiveness of sin. Glory to God. And the Bible says, as he was pierced, water and blood came out. Because the water and the blood serve as a testimony, glory to God. Because out of the repentance, out of the preaching of repentance, many who repent will receive forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. And it doesn't end there. And so the blood here also represents the forgiveness of sins. As was testified through the prophet, uh, the prophet uh, was testified through the apostle Paul in Hebrews 9 verse 22. He says, in fact... The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no 
forgiveness of sins. So Christ Jesus had to shed his blood. He died. And the blood had to be shed as a testimony, glory to God, for the forgiveness of sins, as a testimony to that which he has fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. So this is why the Bible says, Oh, the blood of Christ speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. And the blood of Christ also continues to speak. So the Bible says, We have overcome the devil by the blood of the covenant and the word of our testimony, glory to God. Because the blood says, the Bible says, the blood speaks glory to God. The blood of Christ speaks and it is the blood of Christ that serves as a testimony to that which he fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And there is power in the blood of Christ. It says, it says, as a testimony. And so these three signs on earth testify to the gospel. So the point that I'm getting to is that healing is part of the gospel of Christ. And in the gospel of Christ is the will of God. It's part of the gospel because the spirit, the water, and the blood testify here on earth. All these three testify to the gospel. How do we know? How do we know that these three signs on earth testify to the gospel? And so, the reason we know it, we're going to see it in Hebrews 2. But before that, this is the thought. So anyone who rejects the fullness of the gospel will not come into the fullness of the inheritance in Christ Jesus. Which means you can hear part of the gospel and not hear the full gospel. And this is what deceives a lot of people. Because they have heard the gospel that has brought them to salvation, they think the rest of the inheritance do automatically come to them. No, it doesn't work that way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is a word for every situation. The word, the scripture has been given to us so that by the knowledge of the word, we can come into the fullness of the inheritance. This is what deceives a lot of Christians. Because they have come into the inheritance. Because they are born again. They think that's it. No. Jesus told the believers. He, he, he said, people say, well, I believe in God. Good. James says, you believe in God. Good. Even the demons believe in God and shudder. It is not enough to just believe that God is. It is not just enough to believe that Christ died. But it is enough to believe the fullness of the word. As it is written. Until you come into the fullness the gospel you cannot walk in the light of that which god has freely given us in christ jesus but this time we're talking about just one subject healing we're talking about healing but healing is part of that will of god for his children that everyone who believes should walk in it hallelujah but we see going back to what i mentioned in hebrews 2 the verse 1 to 4 and so the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 2, verse 1 to 4. He said, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Why is scripture saying that? Because in the old covenant, he said, for since the message spoken through angels was binding. This is talking about the old covenant. And every violation and disobedience received its just punishment. He said, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us, you see, by those who heard him. God also testified to it. God testified to his word. God testified to the gospel by signs, wonders, and various miracles. And by gifts of the Spirit 
distributed according to his will. And so the Lord testified to his salvation and inheritance for his people and healing is one of those signs and wonders as a testimony to us. This is why when he sent a number, he said, go preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Because it also serves as a sign of the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. And so if you are the sound of my voice, and you're going through any sickness, or somebody's telling you, well, this is there because God is using the sickness to teach you something. No, that's not gospel. That's not the truth. God does not use sickness to teach anybody anything. The Bible says it is our own deeds, our own unbelief that leads us to that. But God is merciful. How do we know this? And I want to take you to this. God is so merciful that even though Adam messed up and brought all this darkness into our lives, Christ was given so that by believing in him, we will come back to the original state. Glory to God. And so, the Holy Spirit does not just testify to this inheritance here. But the word that we're reading also spoken forth. The word also penned under the inspiration of the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit spoke again through the Apostle Paul to show us that this inheritance was for all mankind. For all who would accept and believe this testimony. And so in the same Hebrews 2, but the verse 5 to 9 and the verse 14 to 16, it is written, It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place. This is where the love of God just, it fills my heart when I read this word. I love this word because it shows us how much God loves us. So the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, the verse 31. He said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor future, nor any powers thereof, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He loves us so much. He is such a merciful father that no matter how far you go, no matter how far you move away from him, he's always ready to welcome you back. So this morning, if you have moved away through unbelief, Regarding his promises, if you have moved away from him, regarding that which he has spoken, I want to, the Bible says, how shall we escape if we ignore this? How shall we escape? He wrote through the prophets. He walked through his apostles. He said, today, as the Holy Spirit says, if you have heard his voice, do not harden your heart as they did in a rebellion. Come back to your Savior. Because he's merciful. He does it at David. He spoke through David. And as the apostle Paul wrote in Hebrews. He said blessed are they. Whose sins have been forgiven. Blessed are those whose sins. The Lord will never count against them. This. Is how merciful. Our father is. And so he continues. He said it is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. He said, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. Here, here the, the spirit of the Lord was prophesying through David. This We see the light of it in, in Psalm 8 verse 46. David 
prophesied. The Bible calls David a prophet of God. He was prophesied to that, that, that will of God. He was prophesied to that original intent of God. God's original intent was that man was created in glory. Glory to God. And everything was subject to man. But he said, you crown them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. He said, in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to man. But this is where darkness came in. He said, yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. Why? Because in the beginning, the darkness was which was already on the earth. Satan deceived man and took dominion over the things that God had freely given to man. And so darkness took over. And that was what has made us subject to sicknesses and disease. But there is hope. For scripture continues and says, but we do not, we do see Jesus. The same Hebrews 2. He said, but we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death. That death he's, he's talking about, it's not just the physical death. The physical death was a testimony in the natural of that spiritual death that, that ensued from Adam. Glory to God. He said, he suffered death, saw that, saw that, by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So you do not have to go through that sickness because it was laid on Christ. Just so that he might taste death for everyone. Since, glory to God, since the children have flesh and blood, since we're in the natural, he too shared, Jesus, shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And that spiritual that the Bible says, although your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. That death is talking about the spiritual death. That spiritual death moves us away from the life of Christ so that every form of calamity, so that every form of danger, so that every form of sickness can come to this body. But the hope that we have in Christ Jesus is that he came and he broke the power of him who holds the power of death, that is Satan. And he has freed us, all of us who have believed in him, he has freed us from the fear of death. For the scripture says, for surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham descendants. Hallelujah. And who are these Abraham descendants? Anyone who believes in Christ Jesus is known as a person of faith. Is known as the descendant of Abraham because the promise comes by faith. Romans 4, verse 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace, so that it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. But this morning, the promise of God that we're talking about is healing of God, the healing anointing of God, the healing power of God, which was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary, is an inheritance for all those who will inherit the promise. By faith. It is the will of God. And you may ask. How does this relate to my healing? And it's a good, a good question. We saw. From the Acts 10.38. And I'm, I'll bring this to a close. And the, at the top of the hour. And so you, you may ask. How does this relate to my healing? That's a very good question. If you're, if you're asking this. We saw from Acts 10.38. That sickness is an oppression of Satan. How? Because it, he is the father of the spiritually dead. He's the father of spiritual death. 
And so, as we just read, that Jesus might break the power of him who holds the power of death. Sickness can lead to death. Sickness is as a result of spiritual death. Not because of anything you did, but because of the original sin of Adam. This is why this body dies naturally. Because this is not the glorified body that God created us with. Sin brought this body, which is subject to death. But Christ came so that by the Spirit, we may inherit the promise by faith. And by his word, we will walk in the fullness of that inheritance. And that word is given us this. That sickness is an oppression of Satan. How? Because Satan is the father of the spiritually dead. And so everything born of death comes from him. Everything born of darkness and sickness is darkness. Acts 10, 38 said, he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So we see sickness is an oppression of Satan. And so because sickness is born out of spiritual death, not our, or, or, not our, of our sin, but the original sin of Adam, and we're all subject to, the, to it because we're descendants of Adam in the natural. But now the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed, well, behold, all things are become new. Now that we're in Christ Jesus, we're not subject to this sickness. The body may be subject to it, but by the Spirit, we have overcome them. How do we overcome them? First John tells us that this is the victory that has overcome the world. Satan is the God of this world. So this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So you see how we overcome these things? It's by faith. And this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so sickness is born out of this body. This body is subject to sickness because of the spiritual death that Adam took us through. And so scripture says in Romans 8, that although your body is subject to death because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And this life is in Christ Jesus. And for scripture says in, in John 1, that in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. That light, the Bible said the entrance of his word, give it light. Because Christ is the living word. And so this morning, you should have the light if you have accepted and believed this word of God. He said the light of life brings healing, which is part of the works he came to fulfill on behalf of the Father's children. And we are his children. The Bible says we are heirs with God and co-heirs. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Because we have believed in him. So Jesus came to execute the will because he is the firstborn. He came to execute the will for all God's children. But we can only, because this was an execution that was spiritually done. And God is a spirit. The things that God has established, in the, uh, uh, established for his children are established in the spirit. And we live in the natural. So he has given us his word. That word that which is the written will of God serves Ask that which we can use to translate that which God has already established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. This is what we said in the word. You can only translate that spiritual fulfillment in Christ by faith. And that faith comes from the word. So it is only, this is why the scripture said in Romans 10, that it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, that it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When you profess that word, you are translating that which God has established in the spirit into manifestation in your life. That's how you release that faith to come into the point of healing. 
by speaking the word as it is written. Not as you think, not as you feel, but as it is written. Hallelujah. And so, as we previously mentioned, that if we can accept the written will of men, which is a legal document as a testimony to their will, with which the courts testify or serve as a witness to this signed document, then we ought to be able to accept the written will of God for his children with the testimony of God here on earth. And in this testimony, the spirit, the blood, and the water testified as aforementioned. And so as the scripture has already said, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he has testified about his son, Jesus of Nazareth. The Bible says, he who believes in the son of God has that witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony that we have eternal life in him. And this eternal life came by that which was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And as we see from the, what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, that he was pierced for our transgressions, that he was crushed for our iniquities, that the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his tribes, we are healed. This is the word of God. This is not the word of man. This is the gospel. That the same way salvation came, the same way healing came. Because both were fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. So I want to end today's session here. Let's we'll pick it up from here. And we'll tackle a little bit about how healing comes. Next week, I'm not going to tackle healing being the will of God. We've exhausted it today. But we're going to look at how it comes and how we receive it. And then we'll go into how to differentiate healing in the old covenant and in the new covenant. And then after that, we're going to look at several examples in scripture. The different form, different ways in which God heals us. But this morning, if you have accepted this word, the scripture says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children not born of human descent or husband's will, but born of the Spirit of a living God. If you have accepted this word of faith, then you have readiness of faith. If there is any sickness in your body, if there is any infirmity in your body, if you are the son of my voice and going through any form of infirmity right now if you accept the word of god that says that but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities is that by his stripes we are healed not going to be healed but we are healed in the name of jesus then now you have readiness of faith that readiness of faith should manifest by peace in your heart right now and by that peace, it means that now you're ready for every symptom, every condition in your body to be driven out now in the name of Jesus. And so as this song plays, I want you to soak in the lyrics of the word. He is the God who heals us. Because healing is present tense. Psalm 109, Psalm 107, the verse, one, the verse 20. said when they were afflicted, they called on him. And he sent his word and healed them. Hebrews 13, verse 8. That Jesus is still the same yesterday and today and forevermore. 
So if you are the sound of my voice, if you are sick in any part of your body, I want you to touch that place right now. I'm going to join my faith with you. We're going to rebuke every sickness. The Bible says Jesus touched her and rebuked the fever. We also see the Bible says he drove out the spirit with the word and healed all the sick with just the word. Because the word of God is the healer. Jesus is the living word. So the word of God is coming to you right now in the name of Jesus. Every symptom, every condition in your body has to leave because it is not of God. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. So I want you to touch that place right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. Lord, indeed, your word is truth and your word is life. This is the mandate that which you have, which you have given us. Is that you, God, speak my word, but my spirit will testify concerning the word. The scripture says, it is the spirit, the water, and the blood that testify here on earth. Because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Is that when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will testify about me. Lord, the scripture says, you fulfilled, you confirmed and fulfilled your word through signs and wonders that follow the ministry of the apostles. Lord, I know that you're in this place because we do not speak out of our own mind. We do not speak out of our own will. We do not speak out of our own ability. But by the power of the Spirit, the scripture said a person can only receive what they've been given from above. So Lord, I present everyone in the sound of my voice. And as the scripture says, is that you go speak my word, but my spirit will testify concerning the word. Is that proclaim the good news, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. This is your word. For the spirit of the Lord is upon us, because he has anointed us to proclaim the good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to heal the sick, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Spirit of a living God, I present everyone at the sound of our voice. Whether that infirmity is in the mind, whether it is in the body, whether it's in the, in the heart, whether it is a voice in any form of mental depravity, I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. By the power of the word, and I command you, you seed of Satan, you have no hold over everyone in the sound of my voice because the word of God has come. It is written that he was pierced for our transgressions. The scripture says he was crushed for our iniquities. So, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his stripes, we are healed. If you're going through any mental, any form of mental battle, I want you to put your hand on your forehead right now. The healing anointing of the Lord Jesus is setting you free. Oh, Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. You who testify to the word. You see the darkness. You see the Satan. I command you right now. In the name of Jesus. Come out of his body. I repeat you right now. Come out of your mind. Come out of your brain. Come out of your body right now. In the name of Jesus. That there are voices that are mentioned, uh, creating all this kind of havoc, confusion in the mind. 
You spare the confusion. I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. By the power of His word. The scripture says, He says, Submit yourself then to God and resist that devil and you flee. It is written in Luke 10. He said, I've given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. You see that Satan. It cannot stay. It is impossible for the sickness to stay when the word of God has been released and accepted and believed. Oh, Spirit of a living God. Lord, I present every one of the psalm I was to you from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Lord, because they are the sound of my voice and they have heard your word, I release that word of faith in your life right now. And I rebuke every seed of infirmity out of your bodies right now in the name of Jesus. You see the Satan come out of that body, come out of the mind, come out of that tissue. The healing power of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is touching you right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Begin to examine that body now. Begin to examine it. Because you are healed in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the entrance of his word giveth light. That the darkness can stay. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you. Father, I bless you. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Begin to give glory to God. Lift up your hands and begin to give glory to God. Because you are healed. Oh, Heavenly Father. Any neurological condition. The spirit of the Lord is setting you free now in the name of Jesus. No matter how long it's been there. No matter how what, what, what the devil is whispering in your ear. It is impossible to stay. In the name of Jesus. You see the darkness. I rebuke you. Come out. Father I thank you. And you have heard me. You always do hear us when we call. The scripture says this. Is the confidence we have in approaching you. That if we ask anything according to your will. That you hear us. Then if we know. That you hear us. That we know. That we have what we've asked of you. We give you all the praise and the glory. We magnify your holy name. For your word that has been released. In the lives of the people that are, oh Lord, that are hearing me. Right now in the name of Jesus. That your healing anointed has touched them. Oh because you are the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And this is your word. That we go out and minister the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel brings healing. The gospel. The gospel of Christ. Father, I thank you. I bless you that you have heard us this morning. The Lord, your word has been released in the heart, in the mind, in the bodies of everyone at the sound of my voice. That your healing power has driven out any form of infirmity. Be it pain, be it neurological condition, whatever it is. There is nothing impossible for our God. For you who said, let light shine out of darkness. You have caused your light to shine in your body. For them to see the light of your glory. For them to see the full manifestation of your word. As you have said, that your spirit, the water and the blood testify here on earth. Of the fullness of the inheritance in you. I thank you Holy Spirit. That you have spoken to our heart this morning. That you have revealed the light of your revelation to us. 
Lord, let this word continue to be in us. The Bible says we should keep our confession. That's what a word for you is that keep that confession that by his stripes that you are healed. And hold on to that confession because the word of God is forever true. Father, we thank you. I present everyone at the sound of my voice to you right now. That Lord, you who knows the heart and mind of every man or woman. Lord, they tune in to just hear your word. They did not tune in to hear me. They tune in to hear your word. Lord, by that reverence for your word. Oh, you are merciful God. The Bible says that Lord, he too shared in our humanity. So that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. And the power of death on anyone at the sound of my voice. But a of the anointing, by the power of your, your word, I rebuild that voice of Satan. I rebuild that voice of infirmity. I rebuild that voice right now in the name of Jesus. Let the light of your glory, the light of your mercy, oh God. The scripture says you are God who is rich in mercy. That you have made us alive with Christ and saved us by grace. The Bible says since we have flesh and blood, he also took on the very nature of a man. So that he would feel what we feel. He would, he, would, he would go through what we went through. And so the Bible says, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. That he might make atonement for the sins of the people. And also that, Lord, we may find mercy and grace in our time of need. So, Lord, the Bible says, you know what we need even before we ask. So, Lord, I present everyone in the sound of my voice. Any need they have. Because of your word, because of your mercy, let that need be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. By faith, receive that which God has freely given you in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you that you have visited us this morning, that you have spoken to our heart and brought the light of your word. Let this word continue to be a seed in us and let it bear fruit to the praise of your glory. That people will see our transformed life and will cause glory to come to you. Because you are a father and you hear us and you are a good father. Be glorified here now in our lives and all the earth. And let all say, Amen.